we just bind the power of Satan that may be here causing disruptions, that may be here seeking to destroy marriages, that may be here seeking to destroy relationships and causing many to give up. But there is grace in your son, Jesus Christ. And we ask for that encouragement today. We ask it in Jesus Christ's name. We pray if you agree, say amen and amen. And as you take your seat, just make sure you reach next to somebody and say good morning to them. Say good morning. Give them some love. Just say good morning, good morning, good morning. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Amen. Amen. I want to um, start this morning with a question. We've been talking about spiritual warfare. How many of you have ever wanted to give up? Anybody ever wanted to give up? Like um, the issues and the problems of life just kept coming faster and faster than you could process them. Anybody ever been there before? I remember in 2009, I was overwhelmed and pretty much about ready to give up. I had just received a new position to where uh, in my former life in insurance, I was leading a group, a team across two states of insurance work. And I felt so blessed because I had been fighting for that job and praying for that job. And then I finally had it. But how many know that sometimes you got to be careful what you ask God for? I didn't know exactly what I was asking for. When I took the job, I walked into a low-performing team with a boss who wanted high performance yesterday. (laughs) Every day I walked into the office, it seemed like I had a new lawsuit sitting on my desk that needed to be addressed. I kid you not, every day I walked in, it seemed like I had more and more customer complaints sitting on my desk that needed to be addressed. It was all coming at me. I had employees on the team who weren't motivated. They weren't on board with what we were trying to do, and I had to try to deal with them to get them on board or get them off the bus and get them on to something else. Because we were so busy and there was so much work to do, I ended up having to always take work home. And when I took work home, that started causing problems at home because my wife and I started having heated times of heated fellowship at home at the house because she felt like I was always bringing work home and not having time for her. It was during this time that my blood pressure shot up I ended up having to take medication to try to keep it down. And then things started going over into my spiritual professional life as well. For in 2009, that was the year of which I participated in my first wedding ceremony. And I really wasn't even officiating the whole wedding. I was just doing a portion of the wedding. 
And y'all, I was so stressed out. I had so much, my blood pressure was all out of whack. And I stood up before to do the wedding for my cousin. And I was sitting there and I just came up to do my portion. Some of you were there at the wedding. And I stood there the whole time just shaking. <laughs> just, just shaking uncontrollably. And in my mind, I'm trying to figure out my hand, what are you doing? Like, what, what are you doing this? But I had so much drama going on in my life. And before all the people here on that day, I was shaking. And it was the most embarrassing time of my life. Everything that could have went wrong went wrong. Anybody ever been there before? You got more bills coming in right now than you can, you can handle. Uh, you've been out at the school three, four times dealing with these children. It seems like every time you turn around, there's another problem coming on. Somebody in your family is sick. Somebody has died. There's trouble going on at the work. The husband is acting crazy. The wife act like she don't want to do anything. And it's just over and over and over again. How many, anybody ever been there before? What do you do? When everything is a mess, what do you do when all heck in your life breaks out? How do you make it through? That's what I want to talk to you about this morning. We've been studying in this series about spiritual warfare that we know that everything that happens in the natural is influenced by the spirit. That we have an enemy that is seeking to destroy our lives by influencing the things that we encounter every day. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5 and 8, he warns us to be sober and to be vigilant. For we have an adversary, the devil, who is roaming around like a roaring lion, who is seeking whom he may devour. He's seeking to influence and to bring things in our lives to cause us to give up. Sort of like he did Job before all heck broke out in Job's life. We found out that Satan was behind the scenes influencing what the attacks were that happened to Joe's life. Sort of like when you find Peter who tried to prevent Christ from going to the cross. The Bible says that there was demonic influences there who was influencing Peter to say what it was that he said to Christ. Because Christ, when he got tired and he heard it, he rebuked Satan and not Peter. He said, get behind me, Satan. Sort of like when Judas betrayed Christ, we focus on what we see in the natural. But the Bible says when you read the account of Judas's betrayal, that there was satanic influences seeking to influence what Judas did. Sort of like in the beginning with Adam and Eve, when Adam and Eve sinned, that there was demonic influences seeking there to influence what was going on with Adam and Eve. The Bible warns us, listen, that what we are facing is not a flesh and blood situation. And I've been saying this for weeks. And why do you hear me repeatedly keep saying this? Your problem is not completely physical. I'm not denying the physical problem, but the problem is deeper than what you see. We have spiritual enemies that are seeking to influence the things, the way how we see things, the way how we talk. Everything that we go through, there are spiritual forces seeking to influence them. And if we are not careful, we will spend all of our time addressing the child's behavior, but not addressing what's influencing the child's behavior. If you have a problem and you're struggling with pornography, yes, you should deal with the magazines and stop from reading the magazines and stay away from those magazines. But how many know that the root cause is deeper than that? There are things that are causing you and influencing you to go read that in the first place. And if you don't deal with the spiritual root, how many of you know that you got deception everywhere you go? 
You may put away a magazine, but you still have influences wherever you go. So one of the things that we've been learning about in this spiritual warfare, listen, is that we have spiritual enemies that you cannot see that are attempting to influence what you do. And the Bible says that we have to learn to stand against them. And he says that I've given you some weapons that you will need in order to stand against these demonic influences. If you are there in Ephesians chapter 6, he tells us there in verse 11, he says, I want you to put on the whole armor of God. Do you see that? He says, there are some things that I have given to you and you need to put on all of them. The whole armor of God. And he tells us why you need to put these things on in the day of trouble, in the day of stress, when everything is breaking out wrong in life. He says there's some things that you need to put on. And here's why you need to put them on. He says, so that you can stand against the wiles of the devil. Anybody see that? So the armor is to help you stand against the wiles of the devil. I want you to notice there that he says wiles and not wow. Do you see that there? He says so that you can stand against the wiles of the devil. The word wiles there means schemes. It means strategies. So it means that Satan doesn't just have one attack. He has many different attacks. He's not one dimensional. You know, some people are just one dimensional. You know, in, in basketball, when we have the beat them and feed them event here with the young people, we figured out that some of these young people who think that they are the best ballers in the world, that they got one move. And if you figure out what that move is, you can shut them down. Some people in here got one dish. You can cook that one dish, and that one dish is really, 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 really good. Don't point at me. I got many dishes. I got many dishes. I got a mean jambalaya, boy. Man, you don't want to eat my jambalaya. You better have your mama around. Somebody getting slapped when they eat that. Watch this. Hear, hear what I'm saying. He says that Satan has many different strategies. So the way he attacks you one week is not necessarily the way he's going to attack you next week. He comes in many different ways. He has many different schemes. And so you, what you need is God says, I've given you various types of weapons to deal with the various types of attacks that the enemy comes at you. You'll notice with the armor pieces, I've, I've given you several different types of armor to deal with the various types of attacks that the enemy brings. So for some attacks, you need truth. For some attacks, you need righteousness. You remember, we've talked about these. For some attacks, you need peace with God and knowing that your relationship with him is sound. That even when you've messed up, that you have peace with God and that God is no longer angry at you, right? Watch this. But then there are some attacks by the enemy to where he comes with everything. He comes with a full frontal attack. He comes with all different sides and different angles. There is certain equipment that you need for that. In fact, in verse 13, he calls it the, the evil day. There are some times where the enemy comes in the evil day. What is the evil day? It's when all heck breaks loose. It's when the husband is acting crazy, the children is acting crazy, the finances are acting crazy, uh, your mind is acting crazy, your body is acting crazy, the job is acting crazy. Craziness is everywhere. 
in the, in the evil day, he says that there are specific weapons that you need in that type of attack. Watch this. And he says it there in verse 16. Notice what he says. He says, above all. Do you see that? He says, above all. Now, he's, listen, he's not saying that this particular weapon that we're talking about today, you need this and you don't really need the others. That's not what he's saying at all. Because you remember, he says that you have to put on all the armor of God that you may be able to stand. So he's not saying that this particular weapon is needed more so than any of the other ones. But I believe what he is saying is when all heck is breaking loose and you got stuff coming in from all different angles, if there's one piece that you need, you need these right here. The one which we're going to talk about. Watch what he says in verse 16. He tells us three things. First, he says, take up. He says, the shield of faith to quench the fiery darts of the enemy. You see that? So God says, listen, in the evil day when everybody's acting crazy, when your body and stress and everything's going around, he says that you need to take up something that quenches all of the darts of the enemy. Somebody say all. Did you see that? He says all. What he's talking about here quenches all. All of the fiery darts or attacks of the enemy called the shield of faith. Let's look at these quickly one at a time. First, he says, the shield of faith. He says, to stand in the evil day, you need the shield of faith. It is important to note here, watch this, that the weapon God says that we need is not a shield. It's faith. Do you remember we talked about this The pieces of armor are just metaphors. They are illustrations of physical things of something spiritual. So what he's saying you need, don't go around looking for a shield. What you need is faith. When you exercise faith, it acts like a shield. You understand? Don't get caught up in the shield. What you need is faith. So then the question becomes, well, then what is faith? Now, I wanted to take a moment to deal with this because many, there's so many much confusion regarding what faith is. Some of you think that you operate in faith and you're really not. Some of us think faith is name it, claim it, and I got it. Anybody ever tried that? Can I tell you something? Even in some of that stuff, there's still some elements of truth in it. But how I many you know that you can always take something too far to the left or something too far to the right? Right. So first, if we're going to understand this and apply it in the evil day, we got to know what we mean by faith. So here's what I want you to understand. You can go to any Bible bookstore and just get you a basic Bible dictionary and look up the word. The word that he uses there is the Greek word pistis. Listen to what I'm saying. It's the Greek word pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S. You probably can Google it. Listen to the textbook definition of what faith is. Faith means to be fully persuaded, fully persuaded or convinced. It means to believe, to trust. It says, in general, it implies such a knowledge of, assent to, or agree to, and confidence in certain divine truths, especially those of the gospel, as produces good works. Did you hear what that says? Hang on, let me, let me read that again. Faith means to be per- fully persuaded 
or convinced of something, to believe in something, to trust in something, it says, in general, it implies such a knowledge of, assent to, and confidence in certain divine truths, especially of those of the gospel, as produces good works. Watch this. So faith, by definition, listen, you don't got to get caught up in anything else. Faith, by definition, requires two things. Number one, faith requires you to believe, to trust, or have confidence in something. Watch this. If I was to ask anybody what faith is, most people would say it's to believe in something. It's to believe in God. It's to believe in something. Watch this. And that's partially true, but it's not faith. Listen to what I'm saying. That's partially true, but it's not faith. Why? Because faith requires confidence, trust, believe in something, but don't miss the last part, as produces good works. Do you understand what that's saying? Let me, let me read again. It says, as produces good works or, or faith that produces good works. So in other words, you can believe in something all you want, but how many know that James says faith without works is? Watch this. So in the evil day, you need faith, but keep in mind, faith is not just believing something. It is believing something that produces works. So in other words, you can believe in something, trust in something, have confidence in something, but that's just believing. Stick with me. You can believe in something all you want, but that's just believing. You still ain't reached faith. Watch this. You can even do things. You can do things, do a whole lot of stuff, and still not operate in faith because faith requires you to believe in it. How many know that you can do things but not believe in it? Watch this. Genuine faith requires that you believe, trust, and have confidence in something and that it produces something. Okay? So in other words, watch this. You don't need to make faith complicated. You know that we all have natural faith, right? We exercise faith every day. Um, when you eat that hamburger from McDonald's with all those high school students back there cooking your food, you believe that the food that they're giving you is clean. Watch this. And you believe in it enough to eat the hamburger. Would you agree that you can say, I have faith in McDonald's food, but if you won't eat it, you really probably ain't got no faith in it. Hear what I'm saying? Faith, belief, and action go together. See, what's happening is too many people are talking about they believe in God, but you never have any action behind it, that you haven't crossed over to faith. You believe that Dr. Felder and them pharmacists, when you take your prescription in and it says, give me whatever your medication is, that they're not giving you poison, right? You believe in it enough to where you actually act on it and take it. If you didn't believe in it, you wouldn't take it, and therefore you don't have any faith in it, right? So we all exhibit natural faith in everyday life. Watch this. God says, don't just have natural faith. He says, have faith in me. Watch this. Hang on, I'm going somewhere. Mark eleven twenty two. Jesus says, have faith in God. Watch this. 
What does that mean to have faith in God? When I'm going through the evil day and all this stuff is coming on, he says, have faith in God. It means to believe in God, who he is, what he has said, enough to act on what God says. Watch this. Some of us are believing God for stuff. You believe in God can do this. You believe in God is going to meet the need, but you don't move. Watch this. And you haven't crossed over into faith yet. Let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. Uh, I would say turn in your, well, you don't have to because the, one of the monitors are not up. Turn in your Bible, Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, Matthew, Mark, Luke. New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, just in case you ain't been there in a while. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Listen, watch this. Anytime you look in the Bible and you find faith, you will always find belief plus action. If you do not act on what you believe, you're not walking in faith. Watch this. And when you don't walk in faith, there's consequences of that. Watch this. Luke chapter 5, verse 17. I'm going to read for our time's sake. It says, now it happened, Luke 5, begin at verse 17. Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching, there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed. Why? Whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. Verse 19, and when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling in the midst before Jesus. Watch verse 20. When he saw their faith, he said to them, man, your sins are forgiven you. Watch this. The Bible says when Jesus saw their faith. Watch this. What is it that he saw? Watch this. Did they believe? Why, why did they take him to Jesus? He needed to be healed. And if they went and found him, they must have believed that Jesus could heal him. Right. So they, they believed that he could heal him. But how many you know that if they would have just believed him, would he have gotten healed? They could have believed and believed and believed and believed. But if that's all they did was just believe, would the man have gotten healed? No, they believed and therefore they acted on what they believed. How did they act? It said that they got on the roof and opened somebody's house and laid the man down before him. And when Jesus saw that they believed in him enough, to let him down to the roof in front of him, he said, when he saw their faith, then he said, your sins are forgiven. You understand? So genuine biblical faith is not just believing something. You must act on what it is that you believe. Watch this. Some of us, like I've said before, you believe in God. You believe God can do some stuff, but until you act on what God says, you haven't moved over into faith. In fact, listen, the Bible says, when all you do is believe me, I'm not pleased with you. Why does it say that? Because in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, notice what it says. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. Why? For whoever comes to God 
must believe that he is God. Most Christians believe that he is God. You believe that there is a God, but it says, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently what? So you can't just believe. You also have to. If you don't seek the action portion of it, your belief is dead. See, some of you are looking at me right now and you're saying, Pastor, you're asking us to do some stuff and I don't see how we're going to do it. We need this. 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 And I don't see why we're moving. You know why? Because the thing about faith is when God tells you to do something, you can't just wait. You got to learn to move on what God tells you to do. And sometimes with faith, it doesn't make sense, but you got to learn to just obey and do what God says to do anyway. Watch this. He says, when you take up the shield of faith, it quenches all of the fiery darts of the devil. How does me believing in God and acting on what he says quench the darts and the attacks of the devil? Watch this. The key is, watch this, faith accesses divine power and blessings that God has already determined to give to you. Watch this. How does it quench the fiery darts of the devil? Faith accesses divine power that God has already determined to give to you. Let me see how I can explain this. I've mentioned this one time before. Everything that God is going to give to you, he's already given it. Everything that you're going to receive in eternity, everything that you're going to receive here on earth, every blessing, every car, every house, every miracle, every healing, everything, everything that God is ever going to give to you, he's already given it to you. Watch this. How can I say that? In Ephesians chapter one, I want you to notice what it says. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, we don't have it on the board, but on Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, watch this, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Watch this, come on, because sometimes you've got to pay attention to the tenses of what God says. He says, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. He says, who has blessed us. He didn't say who will bless us. He said, who has blessed us. Watch this. So every blessing that God is ever going to give to you, he already has. How do I know this? Because God knows eternity from now. He's already determined everything that's going to happen from now to the very end. That's why we got the book of Revelation. Watch this. So your house, the car, everything that it is that you need, God has already given it to you. He's already given it to you. Here's the problem. Watch this. If you read that verse, it says he's already given it to you, but where is it? Where, where are the blessings that he's given? Do you see that? It says everything that he's going to give to you, he's already given it, but where are they? They are in the heavenly places in Christ. Watch this. So if they're in the heavenly places in Christ, that ain't doing me no good. How do I get them from the heavenly places in Christ to my 
beat up joker out there so I can replace that joker out there. How, how do I get the blessings from heaven down to here? Listen, I can tell you how to get them. Faith. Listen, faith, man, if, if some of you catch what I'm saying, faith is what accesses the grace that God has. Faith is what gets divine revelation and power into the world that you live in right now. Let me give you an example. In Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, turn over to Romans if you can. Romans chapter 5, I wish we had this on the board. It says, in Romans chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, notice what it says. Your faith accesses the divine blessings of God. It says, therefore, having been justified by faith, watch this, you have been justified or declared righteous by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you see that? Verse 2 says, through whom we also have, you see that, access by faith into this grace in which we do you see that? He says we have access by faith into the grace in which we stand. Let me say that again. He says by faith we have access into the grace in which we stand. The question becomes what is grace? Grace is the unmerited favor of God. Grace is the gifts and the blessings of God. Can I give you a, a, a Bible definition of what grace is? Grace are the gifts that God gives to you. In Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, it says, We are saved by grace through faith, not of works. It is the gift of God. In other words, your salvation, grace, is a gift of God that you receive through faith. The blessings that God has must be accessed through faith. What God has given, he's already given it. The reason why you may not have it is because you first have to access it through faith. Turning your Bibles to Matthew chapter 9. Let me give you an illustration. Matthew chapter 9. See, the reason why you, you can never receive all the blessings that God has to you until you start learning to walk by faith. Matthew chapter 9, verses 20 through 22. Very familiar story. But I want you to see is, is that faith accesses the divine power that God has. Look at verse 20. And suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. For she said to herself, if only I may touch his garment, I shall be made what? But Jesus turned around and when he saw her, he said, be of good cheer, daughter, what? Your faith has made you whole 
and the woman was made well for that hour. Watch this. What was her faith? Do you see her faith there? Faith is belief plus action. So when you watch there, why did she come to Jesus? She had an issue of blood, right? Faith, she believed in Jesus. We know that she believed because the Bible says she said to herself, if I may but just touch his garment, I may be what? So we know that she believed, but here was the problem. You can't just believe. You have to act on what it is that you believe. So what did she do? She went and she touched his garment, and when she touched his garment, she was made. Watch this. So the thing about faith is you have to act on what it is that you believe. See, the devil shot a dart of sickness at her. But when she accessed by faith the miracle of God, it quenched what the devil was trying to do. Can I tell you something about faith? And you may agree, you may not agree. Never let people tell you what God has for you. See, some of us, you're dreaming too small. Um, some of us are allowing other people to dictate what it is that you believe. See, here's the thing. You may say, well, pastor, how do, you, how do I know what God has for me? I don't know. Watch this. He has set aside in his divine providence some gifts and blessings that he has for you. Watch this. You don't know and I don't know. Here, here's the problem what happens. Watch this. People give up on your faith too soon. How long did she wait for her blessing? Watch this. How many know that after year one, most of us would have said, well, this must not be the will of God for me. See, wait a minute. I'm trying to get you to see something. Watch this. See, God didn't decide to heal her at that moment. He had decided to heal her from the beginning. He already knew what was going to happen. Right? That was already deposited into her account. But she had to some way access what it was that he had for it in her account. Watch this. See, some of you, God has placed in you visions, and you've been allowing people to dictate how far you go. See, after year three, your friends would have been telling you, girl, you might as well just learn to live with it. That blood issue you got, it ain't going nowhere right now. Year six, you would have had people in the church saying, girl, you, I guess you must got some sin in your life. You need to just go ahead and just learn to deal with it. You would have got to year 10, and maybe she had just got to start to believe that that was going to be the way she was going to live for the rest of her life. But in year 12, that's how she accessed it by keeping believing in what God was going to do. See, some of us in here, you haven't seen the manifestation of what God has for you, and you're getting to the point to where you're starting to doubt whether or not it's going to actually come to pass. Watch this. That is the, that is the point and evidence of faith. You, you can't see it, 
but God deposits. You just know that it's there, but you can't prove that it's there. You remember Hebrew says faith is the evidence of those things that aren't seen. If you could see it, you wouldn't need faith. Watch this. There are some of you in here that God has such great things for you to do, and you're sitting there in your pew saying, man, I don't see how that thing is going to happen, but you got to learn to step out and keep focusing on what God has placed within you and not let anybody drown it. I got to close. Watch this. He says, you have to take up the shield of faith. But watch this. He says, you can't just have faith. You got to take it up. Do you see there? He says, take up the shield of faith. So in other words, you can't put your faith down. You got to take it up. You, you got to use it. You got to exercise it. Let me give you a few ways of things that I want you to do this week to start exercising your faith. One. I'm watching my time. Number one, begin by finding out the truth about your situation. Hear what I'm saying? Whatever your problem is, begin by finding out the truth about your situation. Most of the time, the reason why we don't have faith in God and we don't exercise is because we don't know what God has said. You can't have faith in something that you don't really know about. So one of the first things you do is you got to find out the truth about what your situation is. If you've got financial problems, you need to find out what the truth is about your financial situation. If you've got relationship problems, you need to find out the truth about your relationship problem. And what is the truth? The truth is whatever God says it is. John 14 and 6 says, Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth. So that means if I am truth, whatever it is that I say or think about a matter is what the truth is. So if you're going to have faith in me, then you got to know what it is that I say. And where is the truth? The truth is in the word of God. Watch this. So as you're going through your situation and everything is coming and the enemy is putting in all those thoughts into your mind about you're not going to make it and you're always going to be poor and you're always going to be in poverty and your marriage is over, you first got to find out the truth about your situation. Watch this. Listen, you got to go through the Bible and find all the promises of God about whatever it is that you're going through. Whatever it is, watch this, because the Bible says the promises of God are in his word. John 17 and 17 says, sanctify them by thy word. Thy word is truth. Thy word is the truth. So if you're trying to find the truth, make some time this week to spend some time in the word of God. Find every promise that God has said about your situation. One. Number two is when you find them, act like God is telling the truth. Dr. Tony Evans, that's his definition of faith. He says, it's acting like God is telling the truth. When you find the promises of God, act like God is telling the truth by remembering that God cannot lie. The Bible says in Hebrews 6 and 18, that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, because we know that we might have strong consolation or encouragement who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope before us. Listen, so you got to find out what are the promises of God in my situation. 
Listen, and when you find them out, you have to learn to act on them. Don't just, don't just hear the promises of God. Act on them. Watch this. There's a formula that I found out that when you take a promise of God and add faith to it, it brings about divine miraculous miracles. When you take a promise of God and you act in faith, it brings about manifestations. Hebrews 4 and 2 says it this way, for indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. Watch this. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. Watch this. Sometimes the promises of God is doing you no good because you're not mixing any faith with it. You know, when you're baking a cake, you need certain ingredients to make that thing taste right. And if you don't put the right ingredients, if you don't mix it right, it ain't going to come out right at all. I've tasted some cakes and they don't taste right. He says you have to mix faith to the promise. Don't just take the promise. You got to mix faith with it. Number three, stop. You got to learn to change your confession. You know that when you're walking by faith, the way you think affects the way how you talk. And we know that the Bible says that there's power in your confession. That's why you got to be careful of who the people are that you allow to speak into your life. When you got a sickness in your body, you don't need everybody to know about the sickness in your body because some people will speak more drama into your life than they do health. Watch this. You can, listen, you can tell how much faith you have by the way you talk. You ever seen some people who say that they got faith, but every word that come out of their mouth is doubt? Uh, I know God is going to give me a job, but every other word that come out of your mouth is, man, I ain't going to never get out of this place. Listen, you have to learn to change your speech. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians verse 4, verse 13, 2 Corinthians 4 and 13, it says, And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, he says, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore we speak. What it is that you believe is what it is that you speak. And some of us are saying we believe stuff, but what you believe is not coming out in your words. Anybody just believe that God is a way maker? Anybody just believe that God can do what it is that he said that he can do? You have to learn to speak the promises of God over your life, wherever it is that you go. Watch this. If you're struggling with anger, change your speech. This means you have to memorize the word of God and start meditating on it and speaking over your life all the time. Anybody ever done that before? When you memorize the word of God and you begin to speak it in your life, it adds a power that helps you to resist whatever it is that you're going through. Watch this. Some of us ain't got no power because the only thing you got in your mind is Jay-Z. Amen. That went down. All you got in there is, um, is, um, you know, I, I, he talking about Cardi B and, and, uh, and, uh, Smokey Nor Smokey Robinson and, and, uh, I'm trying to get some of my, my seniors in here. Everybody got whatever it is that you listen to. 
You, you got your little Beyonce. And how many know that, listen, the thing about music, that's why the devil is so mysterious with music is because he knows once he gets it in your mind, you naturally sing it over and over and over again. He don't have to work with it. You naturally say that. Watch this. And you're actually speaking death over your life and don't even know it. So find out what the scripture is. Change your confession. But I don't see it yet. That's what faith is. Stop waiting until you see it. Start acting and speaking what God has already said you are. You say, Pastor, I still got those desires to where I I miss Bobby and I want to get back out there and keep doing what I do. Start confessing what God says that you are. Watch this. Before it even changes, keep confessing what God says that you are. Sometimes the reason why we can't change is because you believe the lie. Pastor, I'm just not romantic in my relationship with my wife. I just can't be romantic. How many know as long as you keep telling yourself that, you will never be romantic? Pastor, I'm just not hubby-dubby lovey with my wife. I used to say it for years. And how many? (laughs) Watch this. You can train yourself to believe a lie. Just because I grew up around men who weren't necessarily lovey and dubby doesn't mean that I have to be that way. And just because you have not done something for 20 or 30 years don't mean that you can't change now. You can be as old as Deacon Rents and still make some changes. (laughs) Don't believe that lie that an old dog can't learn no new tricks. You can learn some new tricks. Watch this. When you're going through, I think, I think of Deacon Andrews when he had that accident. Some people, some of those people didn't even believe that he was going to walk. They never thought that he was going to get up out that bed. And how many know when you're going through, the last thing you need is people that come in with that same sad story. We went up to see him, and I kid you not, I had no mercy on him at all. None. You know why? Because faith empowers a person to move. Sometimes you need a shot of faith in your life to say that you can do it. You can change. You will get better. You will get up. You don't have to be the same way you was. You don't. And he is a living testimony here today of the power of God that when you take your mouth and speak the truth of what God says instead of what you see, if you would have saw him, you would have said, this thing ain't looking good. But when we went up in there, I went up in there with my gator shirt on because I knew that was going to rile him up. And we spoke and we prayed over him. And every time, you can ask Barbara, every time I called and spoke to them, I put a, a, a mandate on him. Tell him he ain't got but three more months before he need to get back down here. He been on his back long enough. Tell him to get up and stop playing. 
Next thing you know, I'm getting videos of him bowling. I'm getting videos of him trying to walk in the pool with his shirt off, trying to show his build and everything. Watch this. The things that God has, here's an encouragement. You may not get it the first time you pray, but don't give up on what God says for you. Remember, she had 12 years she was praying and she didn't get it. She probably had countless numbers of people telling her, you ain't going to ever get free. You ain't going to ever get that blood thing taken care of. You might as well give up, move on. But if she would have gave up on her face, she never would have brought what God had for her in the heavenly places here. I got to close. Father, in the name of Jesus, we've gone over a little bit, but 